Welcome to the Men of Honor podcast, brought to you by the Ministry Department of the ALJC. This podcast is a platform to help men, husbands, and fathers navigate through life's toughest challenges and restore them to God's plan. Our goal is to better equip men just like you to be the man our Creator designed us to be. In this episode, we will be winding back the clock to 2019 at our National Ministry Conference. We will be listening to a message preached by our ministry president, Pastor James Chesser. If you were there, then you know how powerful, anointed, and timely this message was to many men. We hope you enjoy it. something about dragonflies the other day. I heard that sometimes female dragonflies will fake their death to avoid the male dragonfly. If you're a man here tonight and your wife hasn't recently faked her death, give yourself a pat on the back. You ain't doing that bad after all. Appreciate you men for being here tonight. I want to honor a special person in my life. My dad is here tonight. I appreciate my dad, Greg Chester and his pastor, Josh Hodum's here with us. Amen. Honor the ministry staff who just continues to do a great job. I love and appreciate Brother Ron Hart, Brother McGee, Brother Batson. They're an outstanding, outstanding job. And I, and I, and I want to honor the brotherhood. You know there's a scripture for that? Honor the brotherhood. Because brothers, we couldn't make it without each other. It's just a fact. And what we are going to deal with in this room tonight, we're going to deal with it together. We're going to pray together. We're not going to leave any man behind tonight. We're going to see God deliver, see God move. Are you with me? I appreciate my wife and my children love them very much. Let's look at Genesis if we can. Genesis 20 and 1. I want to eagerly get to the Word of God. It's, this Word has been in my heart for over a year and a half. And I knew when the Lord spoke to me, it was for this moment. And I'm going to need your help tonight. We might hit an awkward moment or two, but I'd like to see men Help the preacher out tonight. And help the brotherhood. Why don't you just look at your neighbor and say, I'm with you tonight, friend. Genesis 20 and 1. And Abraham journeyed from thence toward the south country and dwelled between Kadesh and Shur and sojourned in Gerar. And Abraham said unto Sarah his wife, She is my sister. And Abimelech king of Gerar sent and took Sarah God came to Abimelech in a dream by night and said to him, Behold, thou art but a dead man, for the woman which thou hast taken, for she is a man's wife. But Abimelech had not come near her. And he said, Lord, wilt thou slay also a righteous nation? Said he not unto me, she is my sister. 
And she, even she herself said, He is my brother in the integrity of my heart and the innocency of my hands have I done this. And God said unto him in a dream, Yea, I know that thou didst this in the integrity of thy heart, for I also withheld thee from sinning against me. Therefore suffered I thee not to touch her. Verse number 7. Now therefore, restore the man his wife, for he is a prophet, and he shall pray for thee, and thou shalt live. Hear the warning tonight. If thou restore her not, know thou that thou shalt surely die, thou and all that are thine. Real quickly, Matthew 5 and 27. You have heard that it was said by them of old time, thou shalt not commit adultery. But I say unto you, that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. I want to preach tonight with the help of the Lord. Release the girl. Release the girl. Why don't you put your Bibles down? I want to see the brotherhood come together tonight like never before. To reach over and pray for somebody right now. Let's pray that God would come down like he is already in this house and do his work among men tonight. Lord, we need you. We need you. We need your power. We need your anointing. We need your favor. Father, we ask you to be with us. Walk these aisles. Talk to us. Help us deliver tonight. Minister and set free. It is your will that we be pure men. It is your will that we be holy men, that we lift up holy hands with holy hearts and holy minds. And it's possible with you. It's possible with your power. It's possible with you and your spirit. Let's keep praying that just for a moment. Right here, God's helping us. He's preparing us. Hallelujah. Walls to come down in this atmosphere. I pray we respond accordingly to your word tonight. In Jesus' name. And everybody say in Jesus' name. You may be seated. Thank you for standing. During the gold rush in Colorado, with the masses coming and many finding their fortune, towns boomed with consumers. The Navarre in Denver, Colorado was originally built as a school for girls in 1880. Nine years later, it closed and sold. It was later reopened for a more infamous purpose. The place that once served as a training school for young girls, became a house of ill repute. Instead of educating ladies, it served to make women available to lust-filled consumers.
With the renowned Brown Palace Hotel across the street, this new brothel would have many potential clients, but surprisingly, the sinful business did not take off as it had hoped. The problem was that men who were part of the upper class didn't want to be seen walking from the hotel to the house of sin. So an idea was formed. They asked themselves, how do we get so-called gentlemen of reputation to this place without being seen? The idea came about, let's dig some tunnels. The first tunnel that connected the basement of the Brown Palace Hotel to the Navarre was built in 1892. And later, a whole system of tunnels would spread underneath Denver, Colorado. Some sources say that this underground system of tunnels was built out of necessity of function for the growing city above. But along with that, the tunnels connected other hotels and eventually even government buildings to the Navarre brothel. Men at that time didn't have to risk entering the main entrance. These tunnels hid the deeds of lustful men and kept their traffic out of plain sight. These tunnels of secrecy provided access to sin without the outside world not having knowledge of their actions. In our generation, there are tunnels which are much deeper and much more hidden than those of the Navarre. Instead of hidden access to a fixed location, tunnels of darkness and death connect men of varying ages to videos and images from millions of free sources. A trip underneath the streets for pleasure is not necessary because the highway of routes and passages made available through the internet. What once required a trip down the road to business of ill repute is now at our fingertips. Viewing pornography is much more than viewing. I come to declare to this conference on the first night, it's taking, it's possessing, it's receiving, it's seeing. I want to take you through what I believe God showed me. Genesis 20 and 2 says, And Abraham said of Sarah his wife, She's my sister. And Abimelech the king Gerar sent and took Sarah. Several men in the Bible bear the name Abimelech. The name means literally the father of a king. The name conveys inherited power. Many Philistine kings are called Abimelech. Similar to the Egyptians always calling their king Pharaoh, the Philistines had Abimelech. Abimelech was a man with an innate desire to win and possess. And can I say tonight that all men who are born in this world are born with a desire for victory and possession. Whether it's football, 
Let's not talk about football this weekend. Golf, Monopoly, Thumb War, Tic-Tac-Toe, men want to men. Men want to win, amen? Men want to win. As young men, we love competition. When there was no sports equipment or gym or field, our manly instinct said, well, let's find a hill and let's play king of the hill. King of the hill really pinpoints something that we cannot separate ourselves from, a deep desire to dominate and possess. We want to be king. King of what? Well, if nothing else, this hill. We're willing to push people around to get what we want. It's proven that men in power, when combined with pride, are tempted to possess what is not rightfully theirs. I need your help tonight, godly men. Lincoln said, nearly all men can stand adversity, but if you want to test a man's character, give him power. King Abimelech had inherited power. He had inherited resources. And when he saw Sarah, he decided to take her into his possession. I find it amazing in our generation where it sits currently that the wording here is such that Abimelech sent and took Sarah. He had been handed down the supreme ability to get what he wanted. All he had to do was a simple wave of the hand. Hear me today, valiant men, when this king desired to have Sarah it was not necessary for him to go to her personally with a demand or even sweetly persuasive words. No, King Abimelech merely instructed a servant with a wave of a hand and it was done. Sarah was under his roof. Sarah was in his domain. And this internet era has given power and access to millions. Let me put it to you this way. Our culture has produced kings in a digital age. Anyone with access to the web can build their own personal kingdoms. Often these kingdoms are fantasy with little to no base in reality. Insecure men can build a world of confidence around these fantasy worlds. And it's frightening how fast things are changing. How quickly we can now access material so vile and have it in our possession. Generations ago, if a man wanted to view pornography, it would require him leaving the home and going to a store in public and pulling onto a lot and taking the risk of being seen under the neon colored light. But times have changed. There was a time when, when, when a man would have to wait till he had at least some privacy on a laptop or a desktop. Stay awake till everybody's asleep. But now, 
this era that we are in has put within our fingertips access, potential access that we have no rights to. The route to such material is much different now. Hidden tunnels on the information highway keeps a man's deeds private. It takes mere seconds for your eyes and heart to betray. Emails are coming faster. Messages are now sent at blazing speeds. In the tunnels of adultery, pornography has become weaponized. Human power contributed or combined with God's design can serve a great purpose. However, human power separate from God's design can equally corrupt and destroy. Our tablets, laptops, and phones can serve a great purpose, but it may also pose a dangerous, dread, deadly threat to our soul. Are you with me tonight? The advance of technology has created a fantasy kingdom. It feels like we're kings in a cybernated world, but in real life we are slaves in a digital age. Our culture has worked to remove all stigma related to pornography. Pornography is treated as the norm. It is celebrated, and I've even heard it joked about among Christian men. A generation or two has grown up exposed to pornography in ways we cannot even imagine. But I come to warn us tonight and preach against the sin of pornography. Kings of carnality in this digital age will produce slaves of sin in the real world. Sins indulged in the digital world will inevitably birth consequences in the real world. I want to tell you, Jesus Christ, the head of the church, said adultery is more than physical action. Your heart can commit adultery. And I want you to know tonight, adultery in the body or adultery in the heart are sins in the sight of God. It's sin. I need an echo in here. It's sin. It's sin. Just because you have access to it, don't make it right. Just because you can do it and nobody else knows about it, don't mean it's right. It's sin. And I'm telling you, sir, God loves you so much. He wants to see you deliver tonight. You need to release the girl. The sin of pornography bringeth death. Look at verse 3. 
But God came to Abimelech in a dream by night and said to him, Behold, thou art but a dead man. For the woman which thou hast taken, for she is a man's wife. Folks, that warning came like a bolt of lightning. Abimelech, due to what he had in his possession, became a dead man walking. And I want you to know tonight, no matter who you are, where you come from, how you got hooked on it, as long as you live in the bondage of pornography, you're a dead man walking. It matters to God. And it's got to start mattering to us. God was not happy with the behavior of the king. Death approached unless something was done. James 1 and 15 says, Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. It bringeth forth death. I want you to repeat after me. The sin. I want a loud echo. The sin of pornography bringeth forth death. The spirit of adultery calls out to men to undermine the authority of God. Luring men, husbands, to undermine the dominion that God has given in your life. Proverbs 9 and 16, I believe the spirit of adultery's call can be found here. The New Living Translation says, come in with me, she urges the simple. To those who lack good judgment, she says, stolen water is refreshing. Food eaten in secret tastes the best. Verse 18 says, but little, little do they know that the dead are there and her guests are the depths of the grave. The things we do in private go on our record as things we do in the open. Our Lord Jesus wanted his followers to do what is right privately and publicly. I want to remind you of King David who could slay a violent adversary protecting a lamb, but he struggled on a rooftop protecting his heart from adultery. I'm going to tell you, The devil don't care how many adversaries you can slay in public. Man, if you're being whipped in private, if you're being destroyed in private by lust of the heart. I want to tell you this Jesus we're preaching about can give you the power to slay the lion in the open and protect your heart in private. Can a man take fire 
into his bosom. ESV says, can a man carry a fire next to his chest? That cell phone sitting in your pocket. Is it a fire? Sit on your chest. Because I'm here to tell you, you won't be able to get through it without it harming you and costing you your soul. Pornography will destroy your soul. The ultimate last stop for pornography, all as, as all sin is death. We are tempted by our own desires. G.K. Chesterton said yielding to a temptation is like yielding to a blackmailer. You pay to be free and find yourself to be more enslaved. Pornography calls and there is a natural desire that is tested. It entices and pulls at us. This text clearly describes the progression of death. Consider the fact that death is not the beginning. Death is the end. The sin of pornography requires receiving what is not yours. This is the bare root of the problem that God had with Abimelech. Sarah is not yours and you don't have rights to access her. No man would want his wife or daughter's photographed or videotaped at the pleasure of lustful men even if they were willing. Understand the pornographic content viewed is a real person that belongs to God and not you. Yeah. By viewing her, you are taking into possession what is not rightfully yours, but I come sent from God to tell you, release the girl, man. Stop. Stop it. Please keep getting louder. Let's not get quieter. Telling you right now, the devil's gonna have a bad night because there's some men in this room that's walking out those doors free, free from pornography. Let's go back to the book. Look at verse four. If you got your Bible, open it out. Open up the Bible, look at these words. Verse 4, and Abimelech had not come near her. And he said, so the Lord called him out, and here's his response. Lord, will thou slay also a righteous nation? Said he not unto me, she's my sister. And she even herself said he is my brother. In the integrity of my heart, 
and the innocency of innocency, excuse me, of my hands have I done this. Now at this point in the text, Abimelech had taken her into his house. God communicated his displeasure on what was in his house. Abimelech is responding with reason and explanation. His natural response was, hey, wait a minute. I haven't been with the woman. I haven't even been close to the woman. You see, this is a familiar ploy of those who view pornography. I didn't have physical contact with her. I didn't communicate with her. There's no emotional connection to her. I'm not really cheating. In other words, what's the big deal? The sin of pornography attempts to shroud itself with the idea that without actual human interaction, somehow it's not sin. But Jesus made it clear that the sin of adultery is more than a physical action. It is an action of the heart. Can I remind you, the Lord spoke to the prophet Samuel and said, look not on the man's countenance. Look not on the man's stature. God looks on the heart. It's not simply the outward action that God judges. It's the heart that devices such actions that are first judged. King Abimelech, I know you're here tonight. And I come to tell you, no matter how you slice it, King Abimelech, God is not happy with what's in your possession. You can rationalize, reason, or even try to blame. But if you have pornography in your possession, in your heart is the spirit of adultery, and God is not pleased. this Abimelech went on and he says this man Abraham he deceived me it's not my fault God's response nonetheless if you don't release the girl death is in your future sir and there'll be consequences in your family I see the point you're trying to make. But God says you're possessing something that don't belong to you. And until you give it back, until you release it, you're going to pay for it. Abimelech reasoned, blamed, and even questioned, will you destroy an innocent nation? The king viewed himself as innocent in the matter, but regardless of his perception... God is still displeased. And that always takes precedent. Gentlemen, I come to preach to you tonight. Don't be deceived. God will not be mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, 
that shall he also reap. Don't let the devil or your flesh deceive you. Pornography is sin and it's never okay. I need some help right now. If you think otherwise, you're deceiving yourself. It's sin. Even when you're single. Let me say it again for you young men. It's sin even when you're single. Well, I'll be all right once I get married. That's a lie. The wrong, and you that's wrong, and you're setting yourself up and your future spouse up for pain. It may not be popular, but I'm going to say it anyway. Truthfully, until you get victorious in your battle over the flesh, you're not ready to get married. Don't look at your marriage as it's going to solve this problem because it will not. It complicates the problem. It'll create problems for your wife. It'll create problems for your children. What we need is a man right now that says, today, I'm kicking it out the door. Today, I'm releasing the girl. Today, I'm saying... You're watching pornography as a single man, fixing to get married, you're already sexually unfaithful. It's not okay for single men. It's not okay for married men. And it's not okay just because she's away. It's a lie. Adultery is never the solution for anything. It's sin and it leads to death. Now I want to address the fact that Abimelech deployed the excuse of deception being a part of how this saga played out. I hope you hear compassion from me tonight. I want you to know that the struggle can be difficult. Many a men didn't ask for this struggle with pornography. Many a men in this room were introduced to this even before becoming an adult. And that's messed up. Maybe a relative showed it to you. I've heard horror stories of young men being exposed to pornographic material even pre-puberty. It's unfair. And it's extremely difficult when you're exposed to pornography at a tender age. But I declare that regardless of how it gained access to your life, 
regardless of who it was possibly in your family that may have introduced it to you. The point is it must be dealt with and passivity and excuses will not work. tell you something. If a man breaks into my house, comes under my roof, I won't be asking him, how did you get in? I won't have time, Pastor McCool, to say, what is your motive? How long have you had this plan? If somebody breaks into my house, first thing on the agenda is removing them from the premises immediately. Questions can be asked after the house has been secured. But right now, I say get out. Right now, I say release the girl. Right now, I say no more. One more time in unity. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable ser- service. If I haven't heard from God, I'd stop it right here and say, let's pray. But I've got a word from God. If you can sit down, sit down for a moment. Verse 6, God said unto him in a dream, Yea, I know that thou didst this in the integrity of thine heart. For I also withheld thee from sinning against me. Therefore suffered I thee not to touch her. And in the latter of verse 7, he says, If thou restore her not, know that thou shalt surely die. Thou and all that are thine. Whether it's in the past or recent times, many fallacies have been accompanying the practice and addiction to pornography. For this ungodly act to persist, several deceptions have to come into play. And one of them is pornography only affects me and nobody else. I'm trying to uproot some lies tonight. If you're here tonight and say, preacher, leave me alone. What I do in private is nobody else's business. It don't matter what happens to me. It won't affect my children. It won't affect my wife. It won't affect my marriage. You, sir, have been deceived. 
have to read some things to you tonight. The decision to engage in pornography affects those around you and other people that you can't even imagine. Pornography, folks, is a den of death. It's a cycle of destruction. Pornography and its catastrophic impact on others go beyond the viewers, the viewer to the actresses themselves. This very fact should put a pit in the stomach of any professed believer that is partaking in this cycle. This statement is not meant to condemn you. Guilt is not an effective means for change. But knowledge is power. And the ultimate view of the damage that pornography afflicts across the board should motivate us for total change. Human trafficking is horrible and one of the most terrible tragedies in our world. It has a connection with pornography. Nothing in the scripture personifies bondage better than slavery. Sex trafficking, a subset of human trafficking, is the fastest growing criminal enterprise in the world and the third largest criminal enterprise since 2010. The International Labor Organization estimates that over $150 million are legally made through the exploitation of 21 million people in human trafficking. Of those 21 million, 5.5 million are children. 11.4 million are women and girls. While pornography may not be the root of this heinous business, it is surely associated with it. After interviewing almost 900 women across nine countries, researcher, researcher Melissa Farley concluded that pornography is men's rehearsal for prostitution. That is not a subtle accusation. She is directly correlating her research to the epidemic of pornography and its impact on prostitution. As pornography, especially child pornography, continues to grow in today's culture, the desire for sex slaves will grow alongside it. Pornography is a $97 billion business. It's easy to conclude that those that are profiting from producing this content use trafficked men, women, and children and will continue to tap into this monumental source of revenue. The lie that is told over and over again is this is a personal matter. Pornography viewed privately is my business and this affects nobody. This statement seems tenable, but the assessment is completely inaccurate. The effects of viewing pornography cannot be contained with the viewer alone. You're ignorantly and indirectly contributing to the cycle of bondage. Never forget when Achan sinned alone, the whole nation of Israel became a victim. And when the judgment came, his family suffered the pain. It's more than you involved. You control the choices, but you cannot control the effects or the consequences. 
This is bold and it will be painful to hear, I assure you. In fact, it may turn some of your stomachs tonight and I hope it does. If you struggle with the sin of pornography, you may think that what you are doing is no way related to human trafficking, sex trafficking, prostitution, or child pornography. But the indicting reality is you have no way of discerning that what you are viewing does not include some or all of these elements. That's not to say that if they're consenting, it makes it okay. It does not. My point is that if we're going to escape the snare, we must look into the very belly of the beast, and that's what we're doing tonight, and see it for what it is. We cannot ignorantly look at the images produced and believe that that's all there is to it. The backstories of most adult entertainers are heartbreaking. Countless stories of molestation, abuse, and abandonment. The effects of being in the sex industry on their lives physically, mentally, and emotionally leads to an alarming rate of suicide. King Abimelech, it's time. Release the girl. Blame, reason, and excuse. But at the end of the day, almighty king, death approaches unless you release the girl. One of the most shocking trends that is showing up in research on pornography is its continual rise of female pornography viewers. For years, this has been an issue predominantly among men, but that's changing. Today, more women are watching and becoming addicted to pornography more than ever before. Also, right now, reports are showing that kids are becoming exposed and addicting earlier than ever before at an alarming rate. What is happening to our world? Hear me when I say this. The world is responding to the decisions of men. I believe a man cannot fully abdicate his influence in his family and the world around him. Men, our actions have a profound effect on those in and around our lives, especially our children and our wives, whether we are actively leading our families toward a life or passively leading them toward death. Our influence as leaders is felt. Will you give me 10 more minutes? We're tapering off. We can't taper off and get deliverance tonight. I need some strong voices to stay with me for this little bit. I'll tell you right now, the devil wants your mind on a restaurant right now. The devil wants you to be thinking, how long is this service going to last? But God's saying, it's about time for a deliverance. Jesus wants us to be sons of God.
If you live after the flesh, you shall die. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. We cannot lead properly with our flesh. We have to be led by God. If you wake up in the middle of the night, God help us if we're turning to one of these rather than praying to the God who woke us up. You can't be led by God in your house in prayer through the night if you're looking for an opportunity to look at pornography. But it's time to release the girl. It's time for restoration. It's time for you to get back being the son of God he wants you to be. And when the midnight hour calls, you won't be looking for a phone. You'll be looking for a prayer closet. Shut down the porn closet and open up the prayer closet. When's it going to be enough? When are we going to rise up? Verse 7. Remain standing. Now, therefore, restore the man his wife, for he is a prophet. Watch this. Watch this. And he shall pray for thee. And thou shalt live. Things can change. Hear me. Things can change, King Abimelech. If you release the girl, life and health can be restored. If you release the girl... Are you tired of the pain? Are you tired of the anxiety? Are you tired of the deception? You see, understand, to conceal the sin of pornography, you got to become a habitual liar. I don't have time to go into it all, but let me just tell you a little bit right now. Pornography is an attack on holiness. Pornography is a betrayal of holiness. It makes hypocrites out of men pursuing God. Verse 17 and 18, and I'm almost done. Stand if you're not standing. And Abraham prayed unto God, and God healed Abimelech and his wife and his maidservants, and they bare children. For the Lord had fast closed up all the wombs of the house of Abimelech because of Sarah, Abraham's wife. The possession of the girl stopped the life-given work of God. This was the consequence of the choice to take someone that wasn't lawfully his. But hear me, there's restoration if you can be brave and bold and do the right thing. 
It's killing your marriage. It's killing yourself. It's killing your children. It's time to engage, fight, conquer, get freedom through the name of Jesus Christ. you're not affected by pornography, I can almost guarantee you know somebody who is. And here we are. He couldn't just release the girl and all would be well. God said, Abraham must pray for him. One of the biggest lies that has kept so many men in bondage is that you can obtain victory alone. I want to look at 2 Timothy 2 and 20. But in a great house there's not only vessels of gold and of silver and of wood and of earth and some to honor and some to dishonor. Watch this. If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and meet for the master's use and prepared for every good work. Watch this, verse 22. Flee also youthful lust, but follow righteousness, faith, Charity, peace, and this is my favorite part that I want to bounce on tonight. With them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Somebody shout with them. That's the brotherhood. To echo Solomon, woe to him that is alone when he falleth. Two's better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, the one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him that is alone when he falleth, for he has no one to help him up. Abimelech needed Abraham for restoration. Let me give you some practical advice tonight. To overcome pornography addiction, you need God and a trusted accountability partner. You need the brotherhood. You need the man you came to men's conference with. You need him by your side. He needs you beside him. I'm going to tell you something. There was ever a time that we need a powerful altar service. It's right now. And I already know If I make a break, everybody will know. That's why we shut down these cameras tonight. That's why we don't have a wandering cameraman tonight. That's why we ask nobody to film tonight. Because I know how the enemy works. I can't step out, Brother Chester. If I step out, everybody in the whole World Wide Web is going to know my problem. Going to judge me. Going to disown me. Going to create problems for me. I want you to know right now you're with brothers tonight. I don't want you to I don't want you to come to the altar yet. I'm gonna give you I want I want us to do it right here in just a moment. I want you to just hold tight. But I would to God tonight, every one of us would invade this altar as if together we are breaching the enemy's camp. That we can help our fellow warriors fight this battle. God can restore everything the devil has stolen away. And let me tell you right now, 
While some of you men are polishing your halos because you're not watching pornography, you can still have lust in your heart and be committing adultery in your heart because of a woman you're attracted to. I shared a revelation that God gave me I'd never seen before in the scripture. I want to give it to you tonight. Mark 16 and 16. He, everybody say he. He, he that believeth. That's me. That's you. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. But he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them, them that believe. Notice the change. It went from he to them. Doesn't say these signs shall follow he that believes. It said these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They cast out devils. Hey, we got some brothers here tonight. We've got some honorable brothers here tonight that ain't afraid to lay hands and cast out a devil. They shall speak with tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not harm them. They shall lay hands on the sick. And they... Why are you still addicted to pornography? Because you haven't confessed it to somebody. You haven't brought it into the brotherhood. You ain't made to handle it by yourself. God said you got to get Abraham to pray for you. You got to get restored. You got to have some restoration. And only holy, honorable, and pure men can restore you. So you know what I see? You know what I see? I see men that were he that becomes they. But through pornography, he's taking them back to a he. Don't tell anybody. Don't confess to anybody. They'll judge me. I won't be treated well. I won't be treated fairly. Don't tell them. So what the devil's doing through pornography is he's removing men from the they, and it's only they that can cast out devils. It's only they that can lay hands on the sick. It's only they that can take up the servants, and he's putting us back in the he. But I come to serve nobody's on the devil tonight. There's a they here tonight, and there ain't but... And there ain't just one man coming down here to pray by himself and get embarrassed. There's a mob of men that's coming right now. That's coming right now. Come on, men. Invade this altar. Come on. Every last one of you. Own it. Own it. Own it. Own it. This is our battle. This is our deliverance. This is our help.
Thank you for listening to this episode of the Men of Honor podcast. If you wouldn't mind, we would ask that you would please rate, review, and share this podcast. We are on a mission to connect men to God and to their God-given role. With your help, we can reach more God-fearing men. If you would like more information about ministry or if you would like to give towards this cause, you can visit our website, www.ministry.aljc.org. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you next time.